What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your newest Star Trek podcast talking about all things Star Trek. I'm David Majors. I've done podcasts before. If you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And my co-host, Miss Heather Kirby. Heather, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming out of Space Dock with me. What's going on? I am so excited to be here. I have been all over the Star Trek podcast universe, but I'm glad to have my very own podcast journey with you, David, and we're going to have so much fun. I think we are. So let us just jump right in. Let's let's not waste any time. Uh, I hope you all out there listening appreciate the whole promenade deep space nine aesthetic we're going with i wanted to do a star trek podcast i've been wanting to do a star trek podcast for a little while now but i wanted to do something a little bit different than your typical star trek podcast so we went with my favorite star trek series deep space nine for an aesthetic so let's just jump right in uh old business in this podcast, we're going to start with the first segment, old business. Uh, what has been happening in the past with Star Trek? What we're watching that might be retro or historic? And just because this is the first episode, we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves. Uh, Heather, tell me a little bit about your Star Trek fandom, your, your history with Star Trek, your connection with Star Trek, how it all began and, and where it's at today. Well, I think my Star Trek fandom started when I was about 9 or 10. That's about when I can remember first watching uh, The Next Generation. I am definitely a child of The Next Generation. I was born in 1987, which was the year it premiered. So, I mean, it it just seemed like it was fate for me to love The Next Gen. (laughs) Um, I I grew up watching Picard and uh, Crusher and Riker and Troy and Data and all of them, and I just fell in love with science fiction in general from that show. Um, in it, I, I like to describe my my fandom as kind of a weird journey because when I was younger, uh, in my house, like you watched whatever my parents watched on TV as like kids because I'm the middle of three kids. We didn't really have an option like, hey, I wanted to watch this. Like if my parents didn't want to watch it, we didn't watch it. So my dad loved The Next Generation, but he was not a fan of Deep Space Nine or Voyager. So when those came on, we didn't really watch them. So as much as I considered myself a Star Trek fan because I love The Next Generation, I didn't really get deep into Star Trek until um, Discovery came out. Because I like to say that Star Trek Discovery reignited my Trek fire. And it made me want to be involved and go back and watch everything and just fall in love with it all over again. So, I mean, after the first season of Discovery came out, I went back and watched all that Star Trek had to offer. Um. I, I still love TNG because it was my first, um, but Janeway is my favorite captain on Voyager uh, because Janeway is just such a amazing person, especially for a woman like me to watch. I, I, I can't help but not love her. She eclipsed Picard as my favorite captain, uh, but because Discovery brought me in, like, 
into the Star Trek fandom, really, it's, I consider it my favorite series out of all of them. Okay, awesome. Uh, my turn, I guess. Uh, I was born in 1984. Uh, and I am what you might consider a second generation Trekkie. Uh, my mother, uh, was a Star Trek fan from the original series. And both my mother and my older sister, uh, Maymuna, who you see talking with me, uh, on Twitter about Star Trek pretty often, uh, they are both, uh, big Star Trek fans. So I got it from them. Uh, my mother, again, with the original series and my sister uh, with The Next Generation. So I remember growing up uh, very early on, uh, maybe even five or six, uh, watching The Next Generation with my mother and my sister uh, on syndication and in its original run on Sunday evenings. Uh, and I remember most of all, uh, I remember Jordy LaForge uh, more than anything, uh, because at that time, not only was LeVar Burton uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation as the chief engineer, uh, he was also the host of Reading Rainbow on PBS. Yes. And being a nerdy black kid that loved sci-fi and video games uh, in Detroit, uh, LeVar Burton was my first childhood hero. And like my sister and my mother before me, they loved Guinan. They loved Uhura from the original series because seeing characters of color on a TV series always really resonated with them. And as a little kid, I understood that. And Jordy LaForge growing up uh, and LeVar Burton really meant a lot to me as a kid. And then we eventually got to Deep Space Nine. And I will say right now, Benjamin Sisko is my favorite captain for thousands of reasons. Uh, and I remember early on, uh, maybe like a lot of people, not quite clicking with DS9 uh, in the beginning. But <coughs> as I grew older, and at the time when I was in the Air Force, around 18 or 19, uh, it was right as DS9 was ending and had moved to syndication on the network that was then Spike TV. And I was working a shift at the time that was 2 to 10. And on Spike TV, they were airing The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine right before I would go to work. And I really fell in love with Deep Space Nine. And growing up through my teens and everything, I had watched them all. Deep Space Nine, Voyager, I had seen the movies. I had actually seen the Next Generation movies in the theater with my mother and my sister. And later on, when I got into D DS9, uh, it was just this incredible series of characters and stories. And for the longest time, I'd always said, Star Trek Deep Space Nine is not just my favorite Star Trek series. Uh, it is the gold standard. It is the measuring stick for sci-fi for me personally. And Benjamin Sisko was my captain. Uh, one being, as has been talked about many times, one being a black lead actor in a Star Trek series. That was huge. Uh, being the son of a single father, because my father raised me uh, for most of my life, that resonated too, uh, seeing the relationship that Ben Sisko had with his son, Jake. And also being ex-military myself, 
I saw how the Dominion War was treated in Deep Space Nine and serving in the military. And you see some of this in the What We Left Behind documentary with DS9. You see how how that resonated with a lot of people that are into Star Trek that served in the military and how Captain Sisko was treated as a character during the Dominion War. All of those things really culminated uh, with me loving Star Trek my entire life. Uh, but I've always said that Star Trek worked best as a TV series. So after Enterprise ended, and, and I remember watching Enterprise and thinking it was okay. I, I didn't dislike Enterprise as much as most people. Uh, I thought it was okay. But when that went dormant, my Trek fandom kind of went dormant. I saw the movies in the rebooted universe and I thought they were fine. I didn't dislike them, but again, like you, Heather, it wasn't really until Discovery came along that I felt my Star Trek fandom really come back in full force again, and it was kind of the same with my sister, and also, I really appreciate having, uh, I don't know if anybody out there has the Heroes and Icons uh, cable network, it's one of the digital networks, uh, they have their all Star Trek block where they air episodes of each Star Trek series every night, six nights a week. So that that was the thing that really got me back into it, along with Discovery. So getting that mix of old and new is what really brought me back. So I'm just fully diving back in. And I'm doing this because podcasting is my artistic expression. Some people write, some people draw, some people cosplay. I like to make podcasts. And I like to make podcasts with people that are different than me. And I knew that whenever I wanted to do another Star Trek podcast, I wanted to do one with a woman with a different perspective than my own. And Heather, once again, I cannot thank you enough. I hope we have a lot of fun and I'm ready to keep jumping in. I think that's a wonderful point to make because even though we have two different perspectives, as you can kind of tell, like just from our Star Trek journeys, we still have a lot of similarities in how we watch Star Trek, how we relate to our fandom. Like podcasting is really my form of expression too. I'm not a really social person, but I feel when I'm sitting here at my computer behind a microphone, I can talk about things that I love. And that's not something I get to do on a regular basis. So that's, that's why I have five of them. <laughs> it, it's just like, e even though like you talk so much about Cisco, I talk so much about Janeway coming from our, our two different backgrounds, but then we still relate to Star Trek in a similar way. We're going to, we're going to have an amazing journey. I, I think we are. I think we are. So we've covered old business. So let's jump into new business. It's the year 2020 as we're doing our first episode. And oh, man, is there so much Star Trek coming down the pipeline. Uh, we are in the midst of Star Trek Picard and we have so much more to look forward to. There is Star Trek Lower Decks, there's the Section 31 series, and there's just so much more, including a new season of Discovery. Uh, one, Heather, for you, 
How are you feeling about Star Trek Picard's first season so far? And two, what are you looking forward to the most with upcoming Star Trek? You know, I am really enjoying the first season of Star Trek Picard. I, I, I'm not sure what I expected going into it. Cause like I said, uh, TNG is, is really like, coming home to me. It, 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 it has a very familiar feeling and Star Trek Picard is not TNG. I'm going to put that out there right now. It's not TNG, but it still has that nostalgia feeling of these characters that you have known for 30 some years, uh, watching them again on TV. And it's, it's amazing. Uh, there are, some really exciting moments. There's a lot of really exciting new characters that they've introduced in the show that I can't wait to see what they do with them. Um, I'm hoping once the run of Star Trek Picard is, is over that they continue uh, since they have so many other plans for new Star Trek, they continue on with stories with some of these new characters that they've introduced, because I think there's so much more that they can explore. Um, I love Rios, the captain on Picard. Uh, I think he's really just a unique take on a Star Trek captain because he, he's, he's kind of antisocial too. He doesn't really put everything out there, but then he has these holograms on his ship, which express so many different sides of him without him having to do it. <laughs> which I awesome. completely agree uh, on the new characters in Star Trek Picard. I'd say Rios and Rafi, Rafi Musikar are the two most interesting Star Trek characters, maybe in 20, 25 years. Uh, I am absolutely desperate to see those two characters' backstory. Like, we've gotten a little bit with Rafi, uh, and Rafi's backstory is, is very, very personal to me, uh, so far already. Um, j- just to get into it, I hinted about this a little bit, and uh, my sister, if she listens to this, she she knows uh, firsthand uh, the the relationship with Rafi and her son uh, was very very close to my own. Um, it it resonated very deeply. Um, the you could see the fractured relationship between Rafi and her son uh, for very similar reasons as is my own personal life. And that was something that resonated deeply. Um, also, Chris Rios, uh, he is a character that I want five seasons on already. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah. You can clearly see that he has a ton of things that we have not even scratched the surface on. Uh, why does he use the holograms as himself? He was the former first officer on another ship, uh, and his captain lost his life. There is a lot going on there, and it's a credit to Michael Chabon and the entire staff at Star Trek Picard to have these already fully fleshed out characters that fit really well with the Seven of Nines and the Hughes and the Riker Troy family that already have this established history and legacy. And these new characters, in many ways, fit right along with them. And you get the feeling that the Star Trek universe has been progressing and has existed and has been going on 
in the last 20, 30 years. And that's really cool. And I'm really looking forward to seeing not just their history and seeing what's going to happen forward. Uh, I, I completely agree. Um, what else are you looking forward to from the new upcoming track, Heather? Uh, probably the thing I'm most looking forward to is uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 as well as the Section 31 show. Uh, because, I, I mean, I already talked about how much I love Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, so that's a given that I can't wait for Season 3. But Section 31 has the potential to be something really unique in the Star Trek universe. Um, I love Michelle Yeoh. She is one of my most favorite actresses, and her I've loved her addition- since Silverhawk. Yeah, her addition in the Star Trek universe is just such a blessing. And so to have a show that's led by her, um, and not only it is also led by two female showrunners in the writer's room, um, I can't wait to see what they come up with. I have no idea exactly how the show is going to go, but I'm just so excited to see the amazing... I don't know if you want me to swear right here. I almost no, it's fine. Sorry. Okay. I just I'm so excited to see the most amazing. We can swear in Star Trek now. It's okay. We can swear with Star Trek now. <laughs> very true. That's very true. I'm excited to see the made the amazing badassery of these women and what they put on screen. Um, I think it's going to be incredible to watch. So that's probably the one thing I'm looking forward to the most. I am looking forward to Section 31, too. Although, as much as I I love Michelle Yeoh, uh, she was, like, one of my biggest celebrity crushes for the longest time. Uh, I... When it came to Discovery, the thought of Emperor Giorgio getting her own series was an interesting decision, I think. Uh, I was super intrigued by the Captain Giorgio we saw in the pilot for Star Trek Discovery. I would have loved a sort of traditional Star Trek series with Captain Giorgio as the lead with Michelle Yeoh, the classic exploratory Star Trek series. Essentially what I'm saying, the, the Captain Pike series that everyone wants, I would have loved a Captain Giorgio series like that. Uh, the Section 31 series with Giorgio, it's interesting to me. Uh, but I will say the show that I think I'm looking most forward to, and I'm going to go way off of the beaten path here, the one that is probably talked about the least, Heather. And that is the show that is tentatively titled, according to a few sites here and there, Star Trek Prodigy which will be the upcoming Nickelodeon Star Trek series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I remember a show back in the day on Nickelodeon called Space Cases. And this was kind of a Star Trek-y show where it was kids on a spaceship exploring the galaxy. And from what I can tell from all of the research I've seen about Star Trek Prodigy, 
again, working title, tentative, speculation, rumor, rumor, disclaimer, disclaimer, is that that's kind of what it will be. It will be kids exploring the galaxy, uh, sort of in the same vein. And I find that really intriguing because we've seen Star Trek series where they are grown professional adults. I would love to see how younger people would react to the Star Trek universe. And I think that's exactly what Nickelodeon is doing. And I would love the idea of seeing kids getting into Star Trek at an early age like you and I did, Heather. I find that really intriguing. And I just love the idea of kids in the Star Trek universe. Uh, I know a lot of people you'll see talk about the idea of a Star Trek Ac- Starfleet Academy show, which is kind of the same vein, but maybe a little younger. And, and I'm I'm really intrigued. Will it be... I know it's going to be an animated series. Uh, will it be comedic, like we're hearing about Lower Decks? Will it be a bit more action-packed? Will it be a bit more straight-laced and serious? I think that because, one, it's going to be on Nickelodeon, which is a wild card in its own right, and how we still really don't know a lot about this one, that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I have absolutely loved both seasons of Discovery, and I will be locked in for Discovery Season 3. Section 31, I will give it a fair shot. I absolutely will give it a watch. And Lower Decks, I'm not the biggest fan of the some other shows that the people involved have worked on, but I've said, it's Star Trek, I'm going to give it a chance. But the one Star Trek prodigy, the upcoming Nickelodeon series, I'm really interested in that one. I, you know, I, I didn't even think of that when we started this discussion, because you're right. There hasn't been a lot of conversation about that show, but I, it really is important to engage younger viewers in Star Trek, because that is how the universe keeps growing after 50 plus years of being a part of television. I mean, the only way we can keep having new Star Trek and new shows is when we get the younger generation involved as fans. So involving kids at that age that the Nickelodeon demographic would attract is important. It really is important. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens from there. I love the idea of a kid watching Star Trek Prodigy and falling in love with it and then maybe asking their mom and dad to watch TNG or Deep Space Nine or Discovery with them or watching some of the currently airing shows or the recent shows with their parents. Because like you and I have said, Heather, that's how we both started. Yeah. We we got into it with our parents and through our through our parents. And I love the idea of <laughs> excuse the pun. Actually don't, because I, I use puns a lot. The next generation of Star Trek <laughs> fans. I I love that idea. 
Uh, yeah, definitely. The next generation of Star Trek fans. And I, I mean, especially because some of the newer shows out uh, have the criticism of people going, well, I can't watch this with my kids because they're too violent. They're too, they swear on Star Trek now. Things like that. Uh, but to have a show like that where they can watch it with their kids and then they can go back and watch if they're if the, once their kids get hooked on the universe, they can go back and watch the older episodes. If they can go, they can go back and watch the the episodes that they've watched and deemed appropriate for their kids to watch. So yeah, it, it it's the next generation is important, and that's what they're building here. That's what they're trying to build with these shows. Is not just uh, newer adult fans or engaging the adult they're, fan from over the years. They're, 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 they're planning they're, for the next fifty years of Star Trek. Oh yeah. Trek. <laughs> we're gonna celebrate star trek's 100th anniversary um yeah we uh, <laughs> you and me might still be alive for that so that'll be amazing i i look forward to it i really do Th- then we can be the the ones saying you know it's not star trek anymore <laughs> i honestly hope i never get to that place <laughs> it's all star uh... trek it is that that is absolutely right and uh that that will cover what is to look ahead and we'll just jump into what's upcoming what is the upcoming business now this one heather uh this one i was simply blown away by when we were talking about uh just our first episode i was absolutely blown away by this in the best way possible so by all means take it away Okay, so for our upcoming business segment, I was brainstorming something over the past week, and I'm happy to share it with all of our listeners on our very first episode, because by the time this is released, um, all the information will be out on the internet, on my Twitter page, but when Ken Mitchell, who is an actor from Star Trek Discovery, he played three different Klingons. Uh, he came out about a week ago that he's been living with ALS. And my first thought was, what can I do? (laughs) What can I do to show my support for Ken Mitchell? So I came up with a Klingon-themed version of the Ice Bucket Challenge. So for anyone... They're blood wine. (laughs) You know, not blood... I thought about blood wine... Uh, but I ultimately settled on gah, uh, which I figured would be easier for people to use or come up with and just use whatever sort of noodles they have in their uh, kitchen cabinets. Uh, so instead of ice in the bucket, you would use a, buckle, a bucket of gah, um, which is a Klingon cuisine. It's it's worms, everybody. Yes, it's yeah, worms. yeah. It, it it's worms basically. So uh, noodles are a good substitution. But uh, the challenge is to videotape yourself dumping noodles over your head and encouraging people to donate to the ALS Association. Uh, I have a GoFundMe page which I set up in which all the donations to the GoFundMe page go directly to the ALS Association. And we can track as a fandom how much we're raising. Um, and then I have a couple of different contact 
creators uh, throughout the Star Trek universe who are donating prizes uh, as incentive prizes, uh, which I'm going to give away when we hit uh, certain goals for our fundraising goals. And the ultimate goal is to raise $5,000 by April 5th, which is First Contact Day. <laughs> Sorry, my cat wanted to the, the cat, input on that. <laughs> the cl- cat is clearly excited for this. Uh, I am too. I'm absolutely blown away by this, Heather. This is absolutely phenomenal what you're doing. Uh, Ken Mitchell was fantastic in his roles on Discovery, and by all accounts, he's a stand-up guy that everyone should be willing to offer their support. Uh, even a retweet, even a share uh, will be more than welcome. So, Heather, again, this is absolutely incredible. And uh, where can we find these uh, when, when the podcast does go out? Uh, we can find these. I don't have the link to the GoFundMe off the top of my head because I haven't made the page live yet. Then Uh, we'll put it in the show notes when it goes out. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I have a GoFundMe link. I'll have the video of myself doing the challenge on Monday. Uh, So that that will all be live on my Twitter page on Monday, which I'm sure the show will go out after that. Uh, I'll try and make it Monday morning. I'll try and turn it around quick. Okay. Um, and then I'm also working on a t-shirt, uh, which a t-shirt design with someone else, uh, which would hopefully all the profits from the t-shirt sales would go towards the ALS association as well. Fantastic. That, that is, that is absolutely incredible. Uh, so yeah, once again, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, when the podcast comes out, our first episode, you'll already have seen it. So please make sure you follow us all at Prom Trek Pod. Uh, I'm David. This is Heather. Uh, Heather, thank you again so much for doing this with me. This, this is going to be really exciting. This is really going to be a lot of fun. Uh, my love of Star Trek is fully reborn. I cannot wait to continue doing this. Uh, and, Again, thank you so much. I am so excited to be on. I am so excited. This first episode was just so much fun. And the conversation with you has been amazing. And I can't wait till we record our next episode and keep going. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we will. I'm we speechless. Will. <laughs> I, I so, don't have anything else to say other than that. <laughs> well, then it's a good thing it's the end of the podcast. Uh, everybody, you can follow us at Prom Trek Pod. Stay tuned. You'll get your episode updates there. Uh, I'll get this into iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and all the other things very, very soon. And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed your Rack to Gino, and we will see you on the promenade.